Forward of Hawaiian Legends of Ghosts and Ghost Gods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Karens, Chicago, Illinois. Hawaiian Legends of Ghosts and Ghost Gods by William Drake Westervelt. Forward. The advancement of a people is profoundly influenced by three factors, namely, the source and quality of their food supply, their contacts and associations with other peoples, and their religious beliefs and activities. It is, perhaps, the last factor that influences people the most in matters respecting their intellectual development, especially when these beliefs and activities are laid out along rational lines. As intelligence increases, Knowledge is gained concerning the various phenomena of life and the relation that man bears to the forces of nature that have an influence over him. Until such a state of intelligence is attained, the developing race conceives for itself gods, ghosts, and other supernatural forms to give it the connected relations between itself and the things and phenomena of nature which cannot be understood. Through the instrumentality of these supernatural forms, the imagination of a people is developed. Songs and legends originate, blending accounts of the lives and exploits of the living and the dead with those of the supernatural beings. And in time, these form literature and develop arts of great value to the people. The ethnology of the peoples of the Pacific is an interesting and profitable field for study, and especially is this true of the Hawaiian, for during the period within the knowledge of man they have shown capacity for rapid intellectual development. In the dawn of their history they had no written language, but they were rich in songs and legends, not only for their own exploits, but also for their relations with the superior influences that guided their destinies. These were repeated at the fireside and feast, until the imagination of the people became directive and resourceful. So there should be little wonder that they learn readily and that their transformation under organized government and institutions was rapid. The chapters that follow are replete with the richness of the imagery peculiar to the Polynesian, and no doubt none of them will appreciate this volume of legends more than the Hawaiians themselves. May it serve them as a light showing the path they have trod in passing through the valley of superstition to the high lands of truth and understanding. The author is to be congratulated because of the patience and persistence with which he has worked in this little-known field of ethnology, and also for the cleverness and completeness of his narrative. As this part of the world comes into the full measure of its importance, may this book of Legends of Ghosts and Ghost Gods win wide appreciation as a contribution to our knowledge of the Pacific Islands. J. W. Gilmore Professor of Agronomy, Department of Agriculture, University of California, Berkeley, California. Formerly, President, College of Hawaii, Honolulu, T.H. Bud Hall, Berkeley, California, October, 1916. End of forward. Introduction. The legends of the Hawaiian Islands are as diverse as those of any country in the world. 
They are also entirely distinct in form and thought from the fairy tales which excite the interest and wonder of the English and German children. The mythology of Hawaii follows the laws upon which all myths are constructed. The islanders have developed some beautiful nature myths. Certain phenomena have been observed and the imagination has fitted the story to the interesting object which has attracted attention. Now, the Rainbow Maiden of Manoa, a valley lying back of Honolulu, is the story of a princess whose continual death and resurrection were invented to harmonize with the formation of a series of exquisite rainbows which are born on the mountainsides in the upper end of the valley and die when the mist clouds reach the plain into which the valley opens then there were the fish of the hawaiian islands which vie with the butterflies of south america in their multitudinous combinations of colors these imaginative people wondered how the fish were painted so for a story a battle between two chiefs was either invented or taken as a basis the chiefs fought on the mountainsides until finally one was driven into the sea and compelled to make the deep waters his continual abiding place here he found a unique and pleasant occupation in calling the various kinds of fish to his submarine home and then painting them in gay hues according to the dictates of his fancy thus we have a pure nature myth developed from the love of the beautiful one of the highest emotions dwelling in the hearts of the hawaiians of long ago so again maui a wonder-working hero like the hercules of grecian mythology heard the birds sing and noted their beautiful forms as they flitted from tree to tree and mingled their bright plumage with the leaves of the fragrant blossoms no other one of those who lived in the long ago could see what maui saw they heard the mysterious music but the songsters were invisible many were the fancies concerning these strange creatures whom they could hear but also could not see maui finally pitied his friends and made the birds visible ever since man has been able to both hear the music and see the beauty of his forest neighbors such nature myths as these are well worthy of preservation by the side of any european fairy tale in purity of thought vividness of imagination and delicacy of coloring the hawaiian myths are to be given a high place in literature among the stories of nature vivified by the imagination another side of hawaiian folklore is just as worthy of comparison lovers of jack the giant killer and the many wonder workers dwelling in the mistlands of other nations would enjoy reading the marvelous record of maui the skillful demigod of hawaii who went fishing with a magic hook and pulled up from the depths of the ocean groups of islands this story is told in a matter-of-fact way as if it were a fishing excursion only a little out of the ordinary course maui lived in a land where volcanic fires were always burning in the mountains nevertheless it was a little inconvenient to walk thirty or forty miles for a live coal after the chill winds of the night had put out the fire which had been carefully protected the day before thus when he saw that some intelligent birds knew the art of making fire he captured the leader and forced him to tell the secret of rubbing certain sticks together until fire came maui also made snares captured the sun and compelled it to journey regularly and slowly across the heavens 
Thus the day was regulated to meet the wants of mankind. He lifted the heavens after they had rested so long upon all the plants that their leaves were flat. There was a ledge of rock in one of the rivers, so Maui uprooted a tree and pushed it through, making an easy passage for both water and man. He invented many helpful articles for use of mankind, but meanwhile frequently filled the days of his friends with trouble on account of the mischievous pranks he played on them. Fairies and gnomes dwelt in the woodland, coming forth at night to build temples, or massive walls to fashion canoes or whisper warnings. The birds and the fishes were capable and intelligent guardians over the households which had adopted them as protecting deities. Birds of brilliant plumage and sweet song were always faithful attendants on the chiefs and able to converse with those over whom they kept watch. Sharks and the other mighty fish of the deep waters were reliable messengers for those who rendered them sacrifices, often carrying their devotees from island to island and protecting them from many dangers. Sometimes the gruesome and horrible creeps into Hawaiian folklore. A poison tree figures in the legends and finally becomes one of the most feared of all gods in Hawaii. A cannibal dog, cannibal ghosts, and even a cannibal chief are prominent among the noted characters of the past. Then, the power of praying a person to death. Footnote. Pule Ananana. With the aid of departed spirits was used and is believed in at the present time. Almost every valley of the island has its peculiar and interesting myth. Often there is a historical foundation which has been dealt with fancifully and enlarged into miraculous proportions. There are hidden caves which can be entered only by diving under great breakers or into the deep waters of inland pools, around which cluster tales of love and adventure. There are many mythological characters whose journeys extend to all islands of the group. The Maui stories are not limited to the large island Hawaii and a part of the adjoining island which bears the name of Maui, but these stories are told in a garbled form on all islands. So Pele, the fire goddess who dwelt in the hottest regions of the most active volcanoes, belongs to all, and also Kamapua, who is sometimes her husband, but more frequently her enemy. The conflicts between the two are often suggested by destructive lava flows checked by storms or ocean waves. It cannot be suspected that the ancient Hawaiian had the least idea of deifying fire and water, and yet the continual conflict between man and woman is like an eternal enmity between the two antagonistic elements of nature. When the borders of mistland are crossed, a rich store of folklore with a historical foundation is discovered. Chiefs and gods mingle together as in the days of Nibelungen Lied. Voyages are made to many distant islands of the Pacific Ocean, whose names are frequently mentioned in the songs and tales of the wandering heroes. A chief from Samoa establishes a royal family on the largest of the Hawaiian islands, and a chief from the Hawaiian group becomes a ruler in Tahiti. Indeed, the rovers of the Pacific have tales of seafaring which equal the accounts of the voyages of Vikings. The legends of the Hawaiian islands are valuable in themselves, in that they reveal an understanding of the phenomena of nature and unveil their early history with its mythological setting. They are also 
valuable for comparison with the legends of the other Pacific Islands, and they are exceedingly interesting when contrasted with folklore of other nations. The following legends treat of the worship of the lesser gods of Hawaii and of the domestic life of the Kanakas. The author. Pronunciation. Begin quotation. A syllable in Hawaiian may consist of a single vowel or a consonant united with a vowel or at most of a consonant and two vowels, never of more than one consonant. The accent of the five-sixths of the words is on the penult, and a few proper names accent the first syllable. In Hawaiian, every syllable ends in a vowel, and no syllable can have more than three letters, generally not more than two, and a large number of syllables consist of the single letters, vowels. Hence, the vowel sounds greatly predominate over the consonant. The language may therefore appear monotonous to one unacquainted with its force. In Hawaiian, there is a great lack of generic terms, as is the case with all uncultivated languages. No people have use for generic terms until they begin to reason, and the language shows that they were better warriors and poets than philosophers and statesmen. Their language, however, richly abounds in specific names and epithets. The general rule, then, is that the accent falls on the penult, but there are many exceptions, and some words which look the same to the eye take on entirely different meanings by different tones, accents, or inflections. The study of these kaos, or legends, would demonstrate that the Hawaiians possessed a language not only adapted to their former necessities, but capable of being used in introducing the arts of civilized society, and especially of pure morals, of law, and the religion of the Bible. End quotation. The above quotations are from Lauren Andrews' Dictionary of the Hawaiian Language, containing some 15,500 Hawaiian words, printed in Honolulu in 1865. Table of Hawaiian Vowels A is sounded as in Father E is sounded as in They I is sounded as in Marine O is sounded as in Note U is sounded as in Rule or as in the OO in Moon AI, when sounded as a diphthong, resembles the English I. AU, when sounded as a diphthong, resembles the OU as in loud. The consonants are H, K, L, M, N, P, and W. No distinction is made between K, T, or L, and R, and W sounds like V between the penult and the final syllable of a word. End of introduction. Recording by John Cairns, Chicago, Illinois.